listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for listening. There's an event happening today at Wayne State University that's devoted to examining Indian democracy. Here to tell us more about it is someone who's going to be part of the panel discussion at Wayne later today, and who knows a great deal about the subject. Political analyst and civil liberties activist Ajit Sahi, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. So for those of us who don't know much about the state of the democratic system in India, give us a brief description. I have been reading lately about a lot of turmoil that is taking place there, a lot of things happening that threaten the democratic nature of that society. Yes, Stephen, uh, India has 1.3 billion people. It is called the world's largest democracy because, as we know, uh, China is the only nation with more people that does not have a democracy. And in India, recently, last month, the Indian parliament passed a law which for the first time in 70 years since India was freed from British colonial rule uh, creates a religious test for citizenship. It allows for expedited citizenship for non-Muslims from neighboring countries to become citizens of India, but not Muslims. Now, critics say that in combination with a a headcount, a national headcount that launches in April, the Indian government actually wants to target India's 200 million Muslims, who are about 14% of India's population, and actually make them stateless, uh, call them foreigners, because they will not be found, many people in India will not be found with documents that go back generations as the national uh, the national population headcount seems to be headed towards. They're going to be asking people for birth certificates of their own, their own birth certificates, their parents' birth certificates. Now, I was born in India. I don't have a birth certificate because I was born at home. Hmm. So millions of people will be rendered, uh, you know, stateless. And then what the government will do, it will use this citizenship law that was written last month and say, hey, the non-Muslims will be given citizenship because we will see deem them as, um, uh, you know, as persecuted minorities from neighboring countries. But the Muslims will become stateless. And that is why millions of people across India are out on the street for the last six to seven weeks and they are protesting. So what's the impetus for this tension about citizenship. Is it similar to the things that we see here in the United States with the argument that we're having about immigration and who's an American and who's not? Or are there other kinds of dynamics? Oh, they're completely different dynamics. You see, India's government today of Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi is basically a Hindu nationalist government. It is. It has been compared with Adolf Hitler's Germany of the 1930s, uh, who, which, who wrote the Nuremberg Laws, racist laws against the Jews. Now, in America, you are un- caught in a discussion about who is a citizen, who is not, because you're looking at illegal immigrant immigrants, what, what is called illegal immigration here. In India, the people being targeted are people who have lived in India they for, born for there, centuries. Perhaps. No, no, for mm. centuries. Centuries. Yeah. They've been there for centuries just because their forefathers were Muslims or converted to Islam or they were Muslims who came into this land like 1400 years ago, 1000 years ago. This Hindu nationalist government is has a very explicit Hindu ideology, uh, which Hindu far right ideology, and it is inspired by Nazi party by Adolf Hitler. And for almost a hundred years, this organization, it is called the RSS, it has propounded a theory saying Christians and Muslims are not Indian citizens. They should not be given the same rights. And now they are in power and they are doing everything in their power to establish that kind of a norm where first Muslims and the next target will be Christians, that they are rendered as foreigners and not included as citizens of India. This is an attempt to overturn the secularist, pluralist constitution of India. And people like me, I am a Hindu, which is the majority community, but people like me reject this absolute xenophobic 
uh, ideology. In countries like the United States, in places in Europe, xenophobia <clears throat> is driven by fear. Talk about what role that's playing in India. What is the fear that these in the, the, the folks who are pushing these new rules, what is it that they're fearing? They don't fear anything. This is pure and simple bigotry and xenophobia. There is tremendous deep-seated, deep-rooted Islamophobia in the country of India. I've seen that in my family. I've known that since I was a kid. I've seen that among Hindus, among upper-caste Hindus. And they have been terribly, terribly anti-Muslim, anti-Islamic for as long as I can, as long as time goes back. And this is basically, so India is the land of Mahatma Gandhi, even though India was partitioned as India and Pakistan in 1947, when the British colonial masters departed, it was Gandhi and Gandhi's legacy and his ideology of inclusiveness that said that India needs to be a pluralist, secular country. And that is what has endured till now. It was Gandhi's, it is Gandhi's death anniversary today. He was killed by a Hindu nationalist in 1948 uh, to this on this day today. So Gandhi made India secular and now the people who killed Gandhi, their ideology they are in power and they have always said Muslims need to go out of India. They don't even think, stop even for a minute to think where will 200 million Muslims go and why should they go? They were born here. They have lived here for generations. This is their land. This is their country. It is not fear. It is pure and simple racist hatred and bigotry and xenophobia. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Ajit Sahi. He's a political analyst and civil liberties activist from India. Uh, he is part of a panel later today at Wayne State University titled Indian Democracy at a Crossroads. That is uh, sponsored by Wayne State, the Indian American Muslim Council, and Hindus for Human Rights that is happening today from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Bernath Auditorium Undergraduate Library on Wayne State's campus. Uh, academic freedom is another topic that's going to be discussed later at this event. Uh, what are the issues around that? Well, Mr. Modi, the Prime Minister, his government has been attacking students. They Basically, this ideology does not tolerate free speech. Just a few hours ago, we saw in India, there's a massive protest going on at a leading university in New Delhi, which is the capital of India, and a lone single man who professes to be close, uh, to be part of the Hindu nationalist group, he went there with a revolver and started shooting, and the police stood by and did not stop him. The history, and even the present times, of these people, the Hindu nationalists, is very clear. They do not accept, they just don't accept academic freedom. They don't want any kind of discussion that says that, you know, any kind of polity, any kind of ideology, any kind of academic expression that says India belongs to everybody. You know, Jawaharlal Nehru University, which is named after India's first prime minister, has been under relentless attack by the police, by this government, trying to destroy its secular fabric and character. Uh, there was these students just earlier this month in January, they were attacked by masked men and Mr. Modi's police has refused to take action against those masked men, even though they have been identified to be members of Mr. Modi's own political party, the BJP. Mm. That is where we are at in this situation. Mr. Modi's police has gone into universities in the last six weeks, actually shot at students. One student lost his hand at Aligarh Muslim University, which is India's largest Muslim university. Another lost his eye. A, a third had had to have his fingers amputated. That is how bad it has become. Before we have to end, I wonder what you think the solutions are to this in, in India. I mean, in, in other countries, we've seen this kind of fascist rise lead to 
massive bloodshed and conflict. Is that what you think is on, on, the, on the docket for India? Well, the great thing is that even though Gandhi was killed on this day, Gandhi is very much alive throughout India. Gandhi's spirit lives on. Gandhi's spirit has brought hundreds of thousands of protesters across India who have come out unarmed peacefully and they are protesting. The women are leading, the Muslim women in their hijabs are leading this, this struggle. I think I have great faith in the people of India. Already, uh, India has 28 states. In, already, 10 of those 28 states have rejected this law and I'm absolutely quite sure that eventually the Hindu nationalists will have to back off in the face of this absolutely morally superior, numerically superior, and ideologically superior uh, protests that are going on in India. Okay. Ajit Sahi, political analyst and civil liberties activist. Thanks very much for being with us on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. And a reminder, Indian democracy at a crossroads. The panel discussion by Wayne State University, the Indian American Muslim Council, and Hindus for Human Rights is happening today from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Bernath Auditorium Undergraduate Library, Library on Wayne State's campus. That's going to do it for us today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you too. We're going to talk about the Senate impeachment trial and the implications of Brexit around the world and here in Michigan. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.